0: Whoever holds this mic, if they be worthy, shall possess the power of the comic book keepers. You ready to start recording? By Odin's Rainbow Bridge beard, you've lifted the mic and will now be imbued with the power of a comic book keeper.
1: Cool, cool. What exactly does that entail?
0: Well, for starters, a pull list at your local comic shop where you'll receive 10% off your entire purchase. Is that really a power? Next! you gain the ability to possess an ever-growing stack of unread comics that never dwindles, no matter how much you read. I already have that. And finally, you will receive an electronic postage informing you of debts you must repay. You're sending me a bill? Yeah, man. Uh, Can you cover me this month? There were way too many solid releases.
1: Absolutely not.
0: You are not worthy. Welcome to combo Keepers, where we talk about combo characters, their history, and their impact on our lives. I'm Lance, and today we're talking about Jane Foster, the Mighty Thor. With the upcoming release of Thor Love and Thunder, we had to cover this character, who has been around almost as long as Thor himself. To cover such an iconic heroine, I needed to bring in another nerdy friend worthy of lifting Mjolnir, Metalcore Mephisto himself, Sean from Metalcore Nerds. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing very well, my friend. It's an honor to be on this show, truly. I I'm so excited to have you on, man. Uh we we've done a couple like little crossovers here and there. We did our uh Spider-Man No Way Home crossover talking about all that stuff, but this is the first time we we're, we're doing like a deep dive on a couple characters together. Yes.
1: Yeah, when I mean, we did that we ranked the Spider-Man movies too. That was a yes.
0: good one. oh that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited that we can finally really dive in like to the nitty gritty of a character kind of get your opinion on things and, and hear your thoughts on certain reading recommendations of things we've been able to get into. But before we do that, can you tell our listeners a little bit about Metalcore Nerds?
1: Of course. So Metalcore Nerds is a podcast that combines the worlds of heavy music and pop culture. I used to play in a band. Uh, I still work in the music industry. I've done many jobs in the, the behind the scenes of the music industry. So I wanted to kind of highlight all of the people involved that are nerds because there's so many, but so many people don't know they're into this stuff. So I started inviting my friends on who I knew were nerds and they could talk about that stuff. And now it's finally involving to kind of what I want it to be where I'm bringing on people who are kind of promoting stuff they have going on in the band, but they don't have to talk about the band. Really? They can talk about stuff they love. So that's been a really cool thing to finally, but if you want to check it out, I have a lot of fun with it. It's it premieres live on Adobe. How it's this internet radio broadcasting station, and you can either go to Adobe.com or download the Adobe app, but it's on Monday, every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern. But if you can't catch it live, it's on every podcasting platform. You can imagine you just search Metalcore Nerds or you can go to metalcorenerds.com. All the links are there. Pretty easy to find. And We have some cool merch. Lance mentioned Metalcore Mephisto. There is a shirt with me drawn as Mephisto. And there's also a cool Moon Knight shirt and stuff like that. I try to release one, like one drop, like a quarter kind of thing. But yeah,
0: that's pretty much it. And that Metalcore Mephisto shirt is one of my favorite shirts I own now. Uh, that that is my like one of my go to comfort shirts I'll throw on, and you make
1: it look damn good, Lance. Damn, thank good. you, thank
0: you. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, and absolutely, everyone, go check out Metalcore Nerds. Uh, recently switched up the format, and it is so good. I love the music recommendations. I literally the one of the last episodes you just had, as soon as you had that um, song recommendation. I threw it right onto my playlist. I showed it to a couple music friends. They immediately threw it onto their playlist. So some solid recommendations for Metalcore Nerds. Love that. Yes. All right. We got a lot to cover today. So let's dive right into the bio and origin of Jane Foster. Jane Foster was originally named Jane Nelson in her first two appearances all the way back in 1962. She was employed as a nurse working with Dr. Donald Blake, the secret identity of Thor while living on Earth, aka Midgard. She would develop feelings for both Dr. Blake and Thor without realizing they were one and the same. Now, does that sound a little Superman and Lois to you too? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Fall in love with Clark Kent and Superman... Fall in love with Doctor Donald Blake and Thor. There's some some interesting love yeah. triangles going on. <laughs> it's like, wow, this guy is really buff and huge, and up close, like he kind of reminds me of somebody, but I can't quite put my finger on it.
1: Yeah, it's like the worst version of Peter Parker and Spider Man. At least he's in a mask. Clark <laughs> and Thor, they're just kind of the same people, just in a costume.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, at least Jane wasn't a reporter. That literally his job is to investigate things. Poor Lois.
1: (laughs) Good point. That is a really, really
0: good point. (laughs) After Thor reveals his identity to Jane, Odin punishes him, but after saving Asgard, later allows both Thor and Jane to return to Asgard. Jane is briefly empowered with immortality and godly power by Odin, but is stripped of this power and her memories of Thor and Asgard after showing fear battling the monstrous unknown. Returning to Earth without these memories, Jane marries and has a child with Dr. Keith Kincaid, who, you know, just happens to resemble Dr. Blake. Jane later becomes a doctor herself, helping many civilians and superheroes throughout various catastrophic events. After the death of her husband and child in a car accident, Jane is diagnosed with breast cancer and invited by Thor to represent Midgard in the Congress of the Worlds on Asgard while being treated for her diagnosis. Jane is deemed worthy of lifting Mjolnir, becoming the Mighty Thor, later Valkyrie, and at one point serving as the All-Mother. So, uh, she's she's kind of an important character. A little bit.
1: A little bit. She has a wild journey, that's for sure.
0: Yeah. (laughs) The the crazy thing to me is that Jane Foster has existed in comics only one issue after Thor himself.
1: That is crazy.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And she even... Debuted before Loki. Wow.
1: That is actually very crazy.
0: <laughs> That's insane. Right? They, they were literally, it was literally like issues was 83 Thor. 84 was Jane Foster. 85 was Loki. Wow. The journey of the mystery. That's wild. It's very interesting how some characters you don't think about how long they've been around, but you do the research and you're like, whoa, they, they've, uh, they've been spending some time in this comic book world.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. And, it's, and some ones that feel like have so much impact, but they're really not that old. Those mm-hmm. ones are also crazy, too. You're like, oh, they must have been around forever. And then you look it up and you're like, whoa, that's only been that long. That's crazy. Comics are nuts.
0: It is. There, there's this strange like, wait, they've only been around this long or they've, whoa, they've been around for a very long time.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's both ends of the spectrum all the time, especially mm-hmm. when you find out more stuff, which and there's, As both you and I both know, there's you can't learn it all. And the more you learn, the crazier the stuff becomes, which is you can't really find that much in a lot of things. You know what I mean? Comics are a special thing. They're really special.
0: They are something that's been around for so long. It's exciting to learn new things because this is one of those mediums where you're like you said, you're never going to know everything with it. So it's exciting because it's one of those fields that you can just keep learning more and more about.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Now that we've kind of talked about the bio origin of Jane, do you want to jump into the about the character?
1: Yes. So there's a lot to go on with with Jane Foster, because as you've seen, as we've talked about, she has a very crazy journey throughout the comics. So some names and aliases for her, of course, Jane Foster. But then as she becomes Thor, she is known as Thor. Most importantly, the mighty Thor and also goddess of thunder. Thor. Thor. It's it's going to be confusing saying Thor and then Thor because they're both right. Thor, But when are the male Thor that we know, he actually relinquishes the name Thor when she becomes Thor and calls her Th- Thor straight up. And he just goes as Odinson. And that's really cool. And he does call her like goddess of thunder. She's the one who says mighty Thor first. Right. Is that, yes. that correct? She, mm-hmm. she deems herself the mighty Thor, yeah. which is very, very cool. So powers and abilities. This is really cool so as Thor obviously she has superhuman strength and then that's kind of the most things with her personally she's pretty much becomes like an Asgardian and kind of has like durability and strength and speed just like and most Asgardians have but with Mjolnir she has dimensional transportation physical transformation electric manipulation flight weather manipulation electrokinesis and star creation and generation which is all pretty wild. And she also seems to be able to handle Mjolnir like no one else has before. That's like a thing yes. they bring up constantly within the mm-hmm. run is that she can handle it. Like no one else has before and getting a little bit of our head of ourselves. So it looks like it's going to be the case in, in the movie that's coming up as well, is that she's going to be able to kind of harness this weapon better than anyone else has.
0: Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Yes. And even in the very short trailers that we have, like you just said, she does things with Mjolnir that we've never seen Thor be able to do. And it's her ability in the right. comics to use Mjolnir in a very specific way that even Thor himself has never seen, which results with him going from being like, who is this person that has stolen my hammer to being, Oh no, this person's definitely worthy of this. Like you, you are Thor now, like take that mantle. Right. Exactly.
1: Um, Some affiliations she's had, obviously the Asgardians, even before she becomes Mighty Thor, she's working very tight knit with with the Asgardians, as you mentioned, Congress of the Worlds, and she does become a member of the Avengers as well, which is fun. I didn't really get into much of that with the stuff I read for it. I know Mm -hmm. that stuff's kind of like the offshoots of everything, not the main um, Mighty Thor run there is some run-ins with the Avenger and the Ma- in the Avengers and the Mighty Thor run, but not her actually joining, at least the stuff that I read personally.
0: Yeah, yeah. The stuff with her and the Avengers is like the all new, all different Avengers. And then also when you get into the uh, Secret War storyline, she gets to team yes. up with a lot of other heroes. Yeah. Something that's something that's interesting is that, that I honestly, like I knew about her becoming Valkyrie in, in the comics. Like I knew that, that storyline was ongoing. I think they just ended it, uh, though. But Jane after War of the Realms, she is uh basically she becomes Thor like one last time, and she ha interestingly enough, she actually has the uh Mjolnir from Earth 1610, which is the ultimate universe. And so she's using it and she's fighting against, uh, King, uh, Lofi, who is the king oh. of the frost giants from Jotunheim. And she throws, uh, Mjolnir from the ultimate universe. And she knows it's going to break. Cause it is like falling apart. So it's like her one last time to be Thor. And as it's coming back to her in pieces, it starts to form a new weapon and becomes kind of like this bracer. And it, it, oh. it, changes itself from being Mjolnir to Undrajarn, the all-weapon, which basically becomes this, like, shape-shifting weapon that she can use to make whatever she needs in the moment, which I think is really cool. And during this war of the realm's time, all of the Valkyries are killed. And at at this point, she... As all of the Valkyries are kind uh, being taken up to Valhalla, one of the Valkyries basically dons her as taking over the mantle of Valkyrie. So I I definitely want to read the storyline. It sounds really interesting. But before I, but before I do that, I still need to read War of the Realms. Shocker. We haven't read every (laughs) storyline.
1: Yeah. Reading this made me want to read War of the Realms. Honestly, I was like, I feel like I need to read this. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like I need to.
0: Yeah. Check this all out uh-huh the war of the realms omni is so big it's intimidating but but i do want to read it all and before we even get any further we'll just do a, a like a spoiler warning we're just we're gonna be talking about comics we're gonna be talking about like our thoughts of things moving forward so uh for the storylines that we're reading thor mighty thor like you, you've been warned we're, we're going into spoiler <laughs> territory
1: yeah is the ultimate hammer the one that war thor holds in this run is that the same one?
0: I think so.
1: Like, it kind of looks like the MCU Stormbreaker. Yes. Sort mm-hmm. of. Yes. OK, OK, OK. I thought so, because I was like Ultimate Universe. I was like, I'm pretty sure that's the one that Warthor Because that's why I thought I thought she would wield that within the storyline, but she doesn't. But it makes sense that she does eventually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it totally yeah. makes sense because they throw that in there and set it up. That's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. That makes me want to read it, too. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. What other affiliations does she have?
1: So for supporting characters, obviously Thor, Thor Odinson, as we know and love him. Sam Wilson is Captain America. They do date for a little bit, don't they? Yes. Right. They do. Which is pretty cool pairing. You wouldn't think it would happen.
0: hmm. Yeah. Very cool.
1: But it does. Does Sam? I wonder, do you even know this? Does, does Sam Wilson know that she's Jane Foster?
0: In the who? I, I haven't read the all new, all different Avengers. So I don't know if she's kind of revealed it at that point.
1: Yeah. I just thought about it,
0: but I will. Yeah. I will say though, that those two have like the two of the most screen accurate costumes in the MCU right now, based on their characters, Mm -hmm. because Sam Wilson, Captain America suit literally looks like it was ripped out of the comic. And Jane Foster's looks extremely close to what we get in this, in the comic.
1: Yeah, Phase Four is comic accurate suits. It's it's what we've got this whole time, pretty much for the most yeah. part. It's been pretty, it's been pretty dope. Yeah, I like that amazing. they're finally at a point where they can go as weird as they want. It doesn't matter. It's cool. Mm-hmm. It just very, go very, very for cool. it. And then also, Lady Freya, the All Mother herself. They have a very good bond throughout the whole storyline. Uh, Rosalind Solomon, who is an agent of Shield, who dates Thor herself, and Volstagg. Volstagg kind of. Takes her to cancer treatment treatments and stuff, which is pretty adorable. To yeah, be honest. it's great. <laughs> it's it's really nice. It's really nice. Mm-hmm. And then far as enemies, antagonists, there's a lot of them. She pretty much makes so any, enemies with with everyone. <laughs> uh, Dario Agger, who is the CEO of Roxon, also known as the Minotaur, Odin himself, uh, Cole Borson, who is Odin's brother, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. brother. the god of fear. Yes, uh, Malekith. And I will say they did my boy dirty
0: after reading both of these runs. Right. Malekith is awesome in the comic. Damn, they did this boy. dirty. Right. Malekith is incredible in the comic. And he looks so metal. Yes.
1: He looks so metal with the long hair and like the half blue, half black
0: face. He's awesome. Yeah, they he needs some redemption.
1: He does. I hope they bring him back. I don't know if they will, but I don't if think they so. did. I'd be happy about it. I'd be. Yeah.
0: Agreed. It. If they give us this version of Malekith, hundred percent in.
1: Yeah, that's what he's like a mastermind. He's crazy, especially with all the magic, new magic coming in the MCU. He would fit in very well. Honestly,
0: I feel like a lot of the personality that Malekith has in this run is very like low key energy.
1: Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> it is very low key. Fuck it. Have Tom and play Malekith, too. <laughs> there you go.
0: <laughs> Let him play whoever
1: he wants. Yeah, I'm fine with it. I'm sure everyone else will be fine with it too. Mm-hmm. And really, the only ones I had in here were Mangog and Warthor. There's also a big thing with the destroyer that's controlled by Borson, obviously sent out by by Odin himself. But I feel like everyone is kind of an antagonist of the destroyer at some point.
0: Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, of course. (laughs) And Odin is shown to be such a jerk in this run, too. Big old jerk. Like, he's he's horrible. Yeah, he's awful. Not likable at all. No, there's, like, zero redeeming qualities of this
1: person. He just seems like a very toxic male in this run, which I'm guessing is probably
0: the point. Well, when you're someone that calls himself the All-Father, you might expect them to be a little bit (laughs) self-absorbed.
1: It's very true. That's a good point.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we've gone over kind of the general information about Jane Foster. So let's learn a little bit about these creators that had a hand in bringing Jane Foster to life. Let's go into the archives. Jane Foster, a.k.a. Jane Nelson, was created by Stan Lee, who was the plotter, Jack Kirby, penciler, and Larry Lieber, scripter. We already covered Stan Lee in our Spider-Man issue and Jack Kirby for the Black Panther episode that we had. So let's focus on the remaining co-creator of Larry Lieber. At 17, Lieber worked as a messenger for the New York Times and would later land a job at Timely Comics, the future Marvel comics, under editor Stan Lee, working as an art assistant for Martin Goodman. Lieber would work during the day and attend Pratt Institute Art School in the evening leading to his journey illustrating comics. His first known credited work was penciling and inking a four-page crime comic called Cop on the Beat in All True Crime 44 in May of 1951. Later that year, Lieber would enlist in the U.S. Air Force, serving four years during the Korean War. After serving, Lieber returned home and attended Manhattan's Art Students League, where he hoped to increase his artistic speed. He basically was like, yeah, I know how to draw. But I don't do it very fast, which, you know, I can't imagine how difficult that is to not only be like, okay, so yeah, you're a great artist. We see how good you do now. Do it like 10 times faster so we can have you work on multiple books in the same month. (laughs) No pressure. Yeah, no pressure. (laughs) Just do it exactly the same, same quality, but way faster. Oh my God. That'd be so much pressure. I don't understand how artists in the comic book field are working on multiple books at the same time
1: no idea i could not handle it
0: no (laughs) no way too much pressure and like quality wise would have to drop but there's some people in the industry that their stuff is just incredible they like they have to have carpal tunnel there's no way they don't
1: (laughs) (laughs) maybe maybe drawing on ipads now makes it a little easier on them i don't know i wouldn't think so because it's the same motion right
0: Yeah, they need some wrist supports or something because, yeah, I I don't know how they do it. It's incredibly impressive. Lieber returned to illustrate for editor Stan Lee, now under the company banner of Atlas Comics. Due to the economic durntown in 1958, Stan Lee had to fire almost all staff writers, resulting in him turning to Lieber for help. Lieber found himself writing stories that were being illustrated by the king of comics, Jack Kirby. Lieber stated that Stan would develop a plot And Lieber would write the script since he was an artist. He would add notes for how he would like characters to enter the frame and just kind of the overall visuals of the storyline, which I feel like can be very helpful to artists because they don't have to just imagine the entire scene. They're like, oh, this is like a general concept that I can use.
1: Yeah, I feel like that would make it a lot easier. Yeah, nice help. (laughs)
0: Lieber would write and illustrate Rawhide Kid for nine years. From 1964 to 1973. I can't imagine writing and illustrating the same book for nine years. Wow. That's a long time. (laughs) Yeah. uh Uh-huh. His first superhero work was Journey into Mystery 83, which is the first appearance of Thor, which also introduced the concept of the mystical metal Uru, which is what we know Mjolnir is made of. Lieber stated that he would look into the uh, biographical section of the dictionary for foreign names and piece words together to create different names for the storylines. I thought that was very cool.
1: That's awesome. It makes sense though. It does figure out a way to come up with new stuff somehow. Right.
0: I think, I think he also talks about, he would look up specifically like Russian names for things.
1: Oh, I mean, yeah, I guess that would kind of fit in with the whole Norse kind of, at least like the way the words kind of form and look and stuff. It does make a little, that does make sense.
0: Yeah. Lieber would co-create some of the greatest Marvel characters, including Iron Man, Ant-Man, Groot, Heimdall, Peter Parker's parents, Loki, and Thor. He would co-create Jane Foster with Stan Lee and Jack Kirby in Journey into Mystery 84 in September of 1962. Just one issue after the first appearance of Thor. Now, Sean, does the name Stanley Martin Lieber ring any bells? Oh, it does. Yeah. So who who is Stanley Martin Lieber? Stanley? Yeah. And uh, so if you have paid attention to who we've been talking about, so uh, we have Larry Lieber, who is the younger brother of Stanley. That's so cool.
1: I never yeah. knew that before this. Also, I had no idea.
0: I I know that in another issue, we talked about it, but it dawned on me this time when, I, when we, I was doing the research was the fact that literally these brothers got to work together and create some of like, the coolest characters Marvel ever created.
1: Yeah, that's incredible. What an amazing way to have that kind of bond with a, a family member.
0: And, and I wanted to to point out that he was Stanley's younger brother at the end. Just so we could focus more on him as a creator, because if you start off with he's Stanley's younger brother, it's like, okay, well, then he was brought in because Stanley was the editor at the time. But but no, like Larry Lieber had a lot of talent. He was a part of creating so many important things for Marvel, and he he definitely deserves his dues.
1: Yeah, that's an incredible resume. Honestly, it's like impressive. And I'm glad you brought it up at the end because you listing all that stuff off is insanely impressive. And look what he's done for Marvel. And I, I bet no one knows that he had a younger brother that helped him create all this stuff. That's so cool.
0: Yeah. And just being able to go back and forth, like because I know I'm very lucky in the fact that I actually do also work with my brother. Uh, oh, we wow. we are we're both hand therapists. And uh, interestingly enough, like when we're working together, we're able to like bounce ideas off of each other, what we should be doing with certain patients, things like that. And we talk about it even at home, like I'll text them and just be like, Hey, what do you think about doing this treatment, that treatment, things, things along those lines. And so I, I kind of have the same like idea of how cool it is for me to work with my brother and how amazing it would be to work in this medium creating art that so many people get to kind of digest and love. And funny enough, my brother is a very talented artist as well, but he's not into comics.
1: (laughs) Oh man. So we we missed out on our (laughs) chance
0: to become a a co-creator duo.
1: Right? Yeah, seriously. (laughs) That's awesome. That's so cool. That's so cool you do the same job as your brother. Mm-hmm. I love learning little things about your life throughout podcasts. Yeah. Not uh-huh. even through
0: our friendship, through listening to your <laughs> podcast. We t- we like talk almost daily, but we learned the most stuff just when we podcast.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Good times. Yeah, it's, I mean, it works. Yeah, it does. It does. All right. We've gotten through our archive learning about our creators so let's jump into our pull list slash reading recommendations so sean do you want to hit him with the first one
1: yes it is a thor from 2014 written by jason aaron and the artists are russell dodderman and jorge molina
0: yeah this run is amazing oh my gosh i was obsessed
1: yeah the whole jason aaron thor run is unbelievable honestly
0: yeah he has an incredible ability to have a very unique voice for every single character throughout the comic and that and that we're talking this run with thor we're talking the mighty thor we're talking like there's so much going on but he has such an ability to change up the way dialogue is presented by a character that like the way like speech is going because i feel like there's so many times where, where characters might sound similar uh, in a comic, but you can immediately tell like how unique each person is throughout his work period.
1: Yeah, he does a really good job, and especially when... The Mighty Thor comes into play. I love how he plays with what she says to other people and her inner monologue to herself. Yes. That part so is cool. Super, super cool. I, I loved it. that. That's like one of my favorite parts of that whole run, honestly, is seeing the Mighty Thor, Jane Foster's inner monologue, as she's like fighting crazy villains and stuff. It's awesome.
0: It's so cool because For for anyone that hasn't read the storyline, please do it. Just jump into it. It's so much fun. It's it's only eight issues, right? Just the Thor 2014 run, and cause cause then it jumps into the Mighty Thor later. But in the storyline, Jane is wielding Mjolnir, and when she is Thor, she she is like vocally talking like Thor, doing the vows, (laughs) thighs, like the Asgardian speech, that vernacular. But like Sean said, like thought bubbles are like how she talks normally, but she's doing like that inner monologue. And so she sounds like so impressive when she's speaking vocally and in her head, she can be like, what the heck is going on? Like, how am I doing this? (laughs) Like, how do I know how to do this? Wait, how did Thor fly? He spun this around, right? And then she just flies to another location. She's like, she's talking to Mjolnir and she's just like, how did you know exactly where I wanted to go? Wait, can you understand me? (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah. It's and it's funny because without dialogue, Mjolnir becomes a character in himself. Especially in the Mighty Thor run, like yes. Mjolnir is very present as like a, a, its own character, which is pretty crazy. It's a hammer, <laughs> and it's yeah. like seen as a full fledged character.
0: The Mjolnir was taken to the next level with Jane Foster Thor. One hundred percent. It's so cool. Like the way she fights the Frost Giants in the storyline, she just like lets it go, and it just. Wrecks the room like she doesn't Have to it doesn't keep coming back to her It just runs through these frost Giants and it is Unbelievably cool to see and and The way they the like The artist uses that Concept so it'll like fly through a whole bunch Of people and then it'll jump over panels And then land in her hand So cool It's awesome Yeah I Yes It, it It's so amazing and so like we said so Jason Aaron writing this Thor 2014 and I think we should I'll just point out that Jane Foster Thor a lot of times if you if you look on like first appearance of her as Thor in continuity most like labels will say that Thor 2014 issue 1 is her first time showing up as as Thor or becoming Thor and it's like first full appearance, but in God of Thor, God of Thunder issue 25, there's a cameo. There's like a flash forward of her and it shows her becoming Thor. So there is a cameo yes. of her being Thor before this issue.
1: Right, right. I almost forgot about that. I read that one like a, a few years ago. Mm-hmm. The God of Thunder run.
0: Yeah, the God of Thunder runs so good. And we're going to talk about that in a, in a little while. We, we'll, we'll get in the, into that in a in minute. and uh so kind of jumping straight into the the mighty thor so this came out in 2015 once again written by jason aaron and there were various artists working on this title so we have russell dodderman rafa Gerez, uh steve epting and valerio Sheedy. so a, a lot of names on this title but oh my gosh like this is where we're diving into more of the uh cancer treatment and her storyline and how e- so she's basically making the decision of becoming Thor to help people but when she becomes Thor it's, it, it counteracts kind of what the chemotherapy is doing for her so when she is a hero she's dying she's basically killing herself but her her character is incredible because obviously she's a doctor so she is always about helping saving people there's always that that, that hypocritical do no harm will help save lives, things like that. And for her as Thor, it is, I, it doesn't matter about me. I, I will make the self-sacrifice. I'm going to save people if I can save people, which makes her one of the coolest modern characters in comics.
1: Yeah, she's awesome. It's all about helping the other people and it's not about herself. 100%. She knows Ugh. she's at risk doing it, and she still does it. And, and I will say, we were talking about this, just uh, texting each other back and forth about it, but how the mystery of who the mighty Thor was, especially with Thor Odinson, was awesome.
0: So funny. Like, I
1: remember you sending me a message about the moment of <laughs> them trying to figure it out and stuff like that. It's That part is awesome. And I said, if only they could have done that in the movies. Obviously, we can't. Everyone knows Jane Foster, store. It's obviously Natalie Portman playing the role. They mm-hmm. could have not have hidden it. <laughs> but yeah. imagine if they could have. That would have been so awesome. Yeah. Like if somehow they could turn off all comic knowledge to everyone, <laughs> no one could Google it or anything. And then somehow they made her kind of not look like Natalie Portman. And then she takes the helmet off or transforms powers down. And she's Natalie Portman. Like, that'd be crazy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> be so insane. That would be wild. Like, what if they're just tricking all of us this whole time? And, and it's just a bait and switch. It's going to end up being like Lady Sif. That's that would <laughs> that's be play.
1: nuts. I feel like I don't know. People would be stoked and pissed. Probably. Both. Oh, that seems to be the new thing. Yeah. Half uh, of the world hates it. Half of the other world is like, this is awesome.
0: Yeah. So, well, yeah, exactly. When, but they've shown they've shown Natalie Portman without the mask on because that's the whole thing yeah. in the comic is as soon as she's not holding Mjolnir for a certain period of time, the The power of Thor kind of phases, like phases off of her, or like yeah. dissolves, kind of off of her. Yeah, and then of, she returns yeah. to like her mortal form. But obviously, in the trailers, we've seen her just walking around without the helmet on. And uh, but I, I'm very interested to see what they do with this because we know that the cancer storyline is coming. So it's a matter of at some point, are we going to see her not being able to be close to Mjolnir? And then basically like, is all of her hair going to fall out at a certain point? There's some really interesting things they can do. And knowing how good of an actress, one, Natalie Portman is, and two, how much depth Chris Hemsworth has brought to Thor recently, just just seeing the heartbreak that he has had, because he has easily had one of the best character arcs, in the MCU period, his character is yeah. completely different from when he was introduced. Oh, so yeah. I'm very excited to see their dynamic together because the love is clearly still there between them. Yeah. And I can't wait to see what they do with them.
1: Me either, man. I'm, I'm really excited. The whole cancer angle is thing. It's going to hit hard for me. It's like a personal note in my life, but Sam's mom suffered cancer Yeah, and, and, and stuff like that. So any of that stuff kind of is going to hit really home. And I don't think Sam has watched really any of the trailers. and I don't think she knows that storyline or she might. Mm-hmm. So I feel like this movie is going to be like massive for her. Yeah, uh, She loves Thor anyway. She's a big MCU fan and a big nerd, but Thor Ragnarok is awesome. And uh, Taika Waititi, she loves Jojo Rabbit. Taika Waititi is an incredible Phenomenal. director and writer. So I'm excited what he's going to bring with this storyline in particular, for sure. hundred percent. It's going to be awesome.
0: yeah, and someone someone pointed out something really interesting was that so we have obviously Star Lord is also going to be in this movie. his mother also oh, had yeah. cancer, so True. at some point are we going to get Star Lord potentially consoling Thor oh as God. he realizes that Jane has cancer like there there could definitely be a very heartfelt moment between the two of them
1: that will ruin me. Because yeah. Star-Lord like one of my favorite characters too. Like I love the Guardians of the Galaxy so much. So if that something like that happens, that's going to ruin me.
0: <laughs> yeah. Because initially a lot of people were thinking, oh, the Guardians are there and then they leave. But other reports are coming out about like there being this like team up that potentially could be happening right. in the movie later on in the film. So they might be popping back up later on in a final battle. It's it's gore. Like you need as many hands on deck but as possible yeah. for this character.
1: 100%. Yeah. I, I, I'm more of the thought of that, too. They might be in the beginning, leave, and then come back. I, I think so.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, let Thor have his journey, but then them being like, oh, he needs us. Let's go. Yeah. Love yeah. it. I like that. Yes. Now, there, there are plenty of other storylines that you can read with Jane Foster's Thor, but... Thor 2014 from Jason Aaron and the mighty Thor 2015 from Jason Aaron are going to be your starting points for the character. And you can go on to the storylines afterwards, but if you haven't read those, please read them. They are incredible. Absolutely loved reading. Couldn't put them down. Let's jump over to our grail find for this episode. Now, Sean, do you have a grail related to Jane Foster or mighty Thor?
1: So I own they're different than because now Marvel has been doing the things. Obviously, when things come out, they will print collected omnibuses for whatever's yes. coming out or collected editions. I have I think it's called the Jason Aaron ultimate collection or something. Again, I bought these a few years ago at this point. I think it, it, from this place, it's called used graphic novels or cheap graphic novels.com. One of the two, my friend from Revenge of the Nerd threw me onto it. It's awesome because you can get omnibuses for pretty cheap it just takes forever for it to get to you so fair warning if you do go on that site and buy stuff it's awesome because you end up getting stuff way cheaper i got these omnibuses like half price or something like that there was i think it was like 20 bucks for for each omnibus so i got one and two which one is pretty much all of the god of thunder run and then it goes a little past it with the malekith arc and then two it picks up right from there and it, it starts the mighty Thor and goes to the reveal that Jane Foster is mighty Thor. And that's where it pretty much ends. So I'm guessing there's there has to be at least a third in the collection that I don't have. I had to finish the mighty Thor run through other means for, for that. I actually watched this awesome YouTube thing. It's like comic story end or something. And they actually play animatics of the screens and he does voice acting over Ooh, it. It's that's actually really pretty cool. dope.
0: Yeah.
1: He takes, takes the text out of the text bubbles and he reenacts the text so it was like i was listening to the comic being read to me pretty much so that was cool i just finished the run out that way i watched i read like the first half and then finished it out that way but i'm thinking i have to get the i have to finish i'm a very big completionist so Mm -hmm. i will have to buy the other ones but but you were talking about how you have an omnibus that's just the jane foster stuff so that has to be a completely different book than i have entirely (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah. So my grail for this one is I have Jane Foster, the saga of mighty Thor. This one was just released within the past, I want to say month or so. And it collects all of the major plot points for Jane Foster's Thor and a beautiful cover on it too. It is, it is absolutely stunning. Sadly though, I bought this one because I had ordered the uh, Jason Aaron, complete omnibus and this is like the huge one that had everything with Thor God of Thunder. It had Thor 1 through 8, it had Mighty Thor, it had all those tie-ins into it. And I ordered it from this website uh, for a great price and they just they ran out of the copies. And so they they sent the money back They're like sorry, we ran out of them. And I was like, "Oh, no." <laughs> uh, that was brutal. But at least I at least I have this one.
1: Dude, that thing had to have been so massive.
0: It was it huge. Yeah, it was, like, over 1,200 pages.
1: (laughs) Like, you're doing an arm workout while you're reading. Like, that had to have been huge.
0: It was going to take up half of one of my shelves.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God, dude. That is crazy.
0: It's so big. Now, I I will say, and and I champion this app app all the time, is Libby. Because if you're wanting to read comics on a budget... Please check out the Libby app, just L-I-B-B-Y, because that is how I read some of these storylines before I got my trade-in, because Libby had all of the 2014 Thor run. It had all of the Mighty Thor, and it It has all of like God of Thunder. There was tons of stuff on there. It connects you to your local library. You support your library. I will continue to champion this app, because legitimately I've had librarians reach out to me saying, thank you for talking about this app, because it's it's important to know like all these resources that your local library offers you. So hundred percent, check it out. You can read comics for free. You just, you just rent them. You check them out.
1: Yep. I have Libby too. I've, I've uh, rented a few audiobooks from Libby and stuff. It's awesome. Super
0: yeah. cool. Great application. Love it. Everyone should check it out. Okay. So let's dive into our adaptations. Now, I haven't watched a lot of like the animated series stuff. I haven't played a lot of the video games. But Jane Foster Thor pops up in a ton of animated series. And and I won't dive into those. So she pops up in video games as well. But kind of the big part about adaptations for this character is going to be we had Jane Foster, played by Natalie Portman, show up in 2011's Thor, 2013's Thor The Dark World, Avengers Endgame in 2019, and then we will be having her reprise the role as Jane Foster, Thor or Jane Foster, AKA the mighty Thor in Thor Love and thunder. That comes out July 8th of this year, 2022. I am so excited for her to come back because Natalie Portman is a phenomenal actress. Incredible. Yeah. It's uh, it's also cool because she also before I'm trying to remember, was it D 23 that they announced that natalie was coming back they all went on stage and taika gave her the hammer and she lifted it up in front of everybody
1: i think it was comic-con what it was last time that marvel did a huge comic-con panel when they announced like everything yeah that was coming well before they did it again at d22 where they announced more of everything that was coming but most of the slate that we are have been going through i think that was their big phase four announcements was that when they like announced Multiverse of Madness, WandaVision, all that stuff. I think that's when Taika brought on Jane Foster and they gave her the meal near for her to hold up.
0: I, I really enjoy the first Thor film Thor: the dark world is rough for me. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously like she had that small part in, I don't even think she has a speaking role in Endgame. They just basically show her walking around for a second. But uh, I, yeah, even from the trailers, like her personality is just like at the forefront. It's going to so many good back and forth between her and Chris Hemsworth. And I'm so excited to see what she brings to this character. Now that it's more than just this mortal character, she is going to be playing a goddess now. So, Oh man, she has so much more to play with.
1: Yeah. It's massive. And especially we mentioned with the the whole cancer storyline too, she's going to have a lot to, to be able to do in this movie which for an actress like Nellie Portman, perfect. Couldn't ask for anyone better for this role.
0: Yeah, she's going to crush it. And I feel like people are going to be having tears stream down their face when she gets to play the emotional cards.
1: Oh, yeah, I'm yeah. I'm prepared.
0: Yep. Bring, <laughs> bring the tissues to this film because Taika knows Taika knows yeah. how to make you laugh. Taika knows how to make you cry.
1: He does. He sure does.
0: He's so talented. But yeah, can't wait for it. And we are going to save, uh, like our expectations and hopes for Thor: Love and Thunder, because we are going to be covering another character from from Thor: Love and Thunder that we will uh, tease at the end of this episode. <laughs> but before we even get into that, I am so excited to talk about this. When everyone's favorite segment of the show is.
1: What. what? what?
0: each issue we do what nerds do best we share our fever dream concepts for the comics that we love in this episode we thought what if jane foster formed a multiversal all-female team and uh I-, I love weird crossovers i say it constantly and i think that a force is one of my favorite like female-led teams it is so much fun to see i loved I like. I'm a sucker for it. I love seeing it end game. I don't care about all the people that were like, that's, "That's all the women wouldn't get together in End Game." I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" Like, it's a comic book movie. We can do whatever we want here. It is not out of the realm of possibility that the that the ladies of this universe are going to team up, and they're awesome. So let them do it.
1: Yeah. Why not?
0: Exactly. So I thought it would be fun. Which. Characters would we like to see from, and we can talk about other mediums, other comic book series, and we're going not just Marvel, but we can talk DC image, manga, anything that we would think a very fun team would be led by Jane Foster's Thor. So each of us are going to have three characters that we're going to throw onto the team. So Sean, why don't you hit me with your first one, and then we'll kind of go back and forth and and see what develops. <laughs>
1: Okay, so I see we both wrote down six. So, how do you do you want to just pick three from our six?
0: I, I threw extra on just in case you had some of the same ones. So, I have ones that okay, cool, I basically cool. what will happen is based on what you say, I'll try and pick a character that I think will help round out that team.
1: Okay, cool, cool, cool. cool. Yeah. Okay, so I went weird with mine. I wanted to go really weird. So, awesome. the first one I'm going to pick personally Ahsoka Tano. The Jedi non Jedi who has now been popular, put into live action because just imagining her on a team with Jane Foster, they're both pretty snarky also have totally different skill sets. And then having a Jedi along with like an Avenger pretty dope.
0: Yeah. That's incredible, (laughs) right? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Like having just like dual lightsabers, just wrecking shop alongside Mjolnir. Yes, please.
1: So cool.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I love that. That's a great choice. I feel like the personalities of Jane and Ashoka would go very well together as well.
1: 100%. I think they would be great friends.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a great pick. All right. So it will come to uh, no one's surprise that my character is jumping over from uh, the Invincible Universe, and I'm choosing Adam Eve. <laughs> uh, I think that Adam Eve could potentially take on like the Scarlet Witch type of magic role just with her power set it's very unique very interesting uh and she's basically indestructible so uh she she's a she's a big powerhouse and i think that uh, she can also do a lot of like defensive things as well for the team she can throw up shields she can do a lot of protecting but she's she's not afraid to throw down like she can hit hard oh yeah 100 percent.
1: that's a great pick
0: great so I, I i like i like what we're seeing so far so we got mighty thor ashoka tano and adam eve love it who's your next one
1: okay you ready for this one yeah all right so pulling from the anime universe here okay so this is a character from attack on titan one of my favorite uh animes mm-hmm. uh Misaka Ackerman, insanely yes. badass. She can Uh kind of fill in the maybe sort of Black Widow type role, Mm -hmm. but she can get around along with all these other people, unless it's in like a field because she has the ODM gear, which if you haven't watched Attack on Titan or anything, kind of picture if humans could be like Spider-Man without being Spider-Man. That's kind of how they get around. It's like these hooks that's flying and they can kind of fly and glide throughout the, It's how they kill these things called Titans, which are huge monster Things it's hard to explain if you've never seen Attack on Titan.
0: <laughs> yeah, but Mikasa is awesome. She's she's a character that doesn't talk too much, so she's very stoic. But her ability again, we have another dual wielder from you, <laughs> with with both of the blades with her gear. True. Yeah. <laughs> so she she basically can turn herself into into this spinning death machine with her blades as she just flies through the scene. So that's that's also a very fun pull. I'm going to go with, let's see. I I feel like I I say Raven for all of these. So I'm going to, I'm going to say, I love Raven, but I'm going to keep her (laughs) off of this team, but I'm going to go with Alita from, uh, gun M or, or battle angel. So Alita battle angel. So she literally is like this Android uh, type character. She gets this upgraded body suit. She can, she's like a master martial artist. She's incredibly strong. And I see her potentially getting like a supercharge or or becoming like superpowered with Jane Foster using lightning to call down to like supercharge her body. So I think that would be like a very cool combo that they could do. So uh, I, I thought th- yeah. there needed to be kind of like an Android type character, like our, our version of like a cyborg over here. So I think Alita <laughs> would be a very cool character to throw into the mix
1: oh yeah that's awesome that's a really cool pull i like that movie a lot this movie is cool i do too i kind of hated it on a little bit but it did but visually
0: i loved it this is a wild yes (laughs) this team is interesting
1: last one i have to round it out i'm gonna bring in starlight from the boys
0: oh okay she's uh, she's tough Mm -hmm.
1: she has a ton of heart she can kind of be the sort of kind of wonder woman i know Maeve is really the more wonder woman but they kind of have similar skill sets in ways obviously very super powered and then she has the awesome kind of maybe they can coincide the lightning with the the bright light blast that she kind of does
0: yes that would be incredible i love it man starlight this this team is getting more and more interesting
1: (laughs) i wanted to keep it weird really out of pocket
0: it's a multiversal story. We got to keep it weird. And I think my last pick makes it yeah. uh, even weirder. And I'm going with Ranger Slayer, Kimberly Hart from the alternate dimension of the Power Ranger storyline uh, where basically if if you haven't read the, the Power Ranger comic book, there's an alternate world where an evil version of the Green Ranger Tommy basically takes over, mind controls Kimberly she becomes a, an assassin taking out all these other rangers. So she is incredibly like powerful. She's a sharpshooter. Very cool. So eventually she's able to take control of her mind again, and she helps out the other rangers kind of defeat Draken. But she also has uh, at her fingertip, fingertips the use of uh, the uh, ranger slayer Zord, which is a combination of all these different Zords that were destroyed that she put together. And it is epic looking. Yeah. So basically, I'm bringing a character that brings a mech to the team. <laughs> <laughs> so if there's any kaiju fights going on, right? Uh huh. So kaiju fights, you have all these other characters that are very strong that you could see hitting from different angles. But then you literally could have a power ranger jump into a giant mech and help fight kaiju
1: awesome (laughs) i love it
0: yes i oh i love our team (laughs) this is an incredible story it's
1: an awesome team especially with kaiju if we have kaiju misaka in there she's she's a master of defeating kaiju pretty much technically you know what i mean like that would be a good help with the mech and her coinciding there damn yeah Mm-hmm. That's a great combination.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> I, I I forgot to say the name of the sword. So it's Ranger Slayer sword, but it's called the Grave Zord, and it's because there's literally a graveyard of Zords that she formed it from.
1: It's so metal.
0: Yeah. It's it's <laughs> epic. That. It looks so cool too. It's 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 awesome. But I feel like this team in particular could be very cool with with jumping to the different multiverses of the comic book, manga, anime world, and literally being able to fight anything and oh yeah and every one of these different storylines different characters would be able to share experiences and so having the ranger slayer and mikasa talking about fighting these giant creatures and how they've been able to defeat them and weaknesses and and then also having like there, there's so many interesting dynamics that can be pulled from it so i i yeah. would love to see this team work together in a comic book storyline
1: Someone write this, please.
0: For the love of God. (laughs) Yeah. All we have to do is get all these different companies to agree to share uh, (laughs) like profits. You know, it it can't be that hard, right? Companies are very willing to be open and share profits, right?
1: Yeah, Especially like almost 12 different companies pretty much working together should be simple. (laughs) Yeah. Very simple.
0: (laughs) I feel like we need to commission somebody to draw this team together. (sighs)
1: Oh. Man, that would be awesome. Even that would look cool in itself.
0: Yeah, I might, I might ask Chris <laughs> to to throw that together for us because it would be so cool. I just imagine them all sitting on top of that grave Zord, like they're all just there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That'd be so dope.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna message Chris after this and see if I can get him to to throw something together. <laughs>
1: Oh yeah, I love that. That'd be yes. so cool.
0: So, as we're kind of wrapping up, any final thoughts on Jane Foster as a character?
1: I really love Jane Foster as a character. Like we talked about that inner monologue thing with her, kind of speaking her true thoughts to herself while she's being a total badass is so awesome. I really love this run, the whole Jason Aaron run. It's it's very very good. And You know, a lot of people are like, "Ah, oh, Thor storyline might be really boring," but. Someone years ago told me, hey, pick up this run. It's awesome. Pick up Jason Aaron's Thor run. It's incredible. And I did, and I definitely didn't regret it. It's, it's amazing. I can't recommend it highly enough.
0: Yeah, the, this, like the comics that I read and pre- preparing for this episode are some of my favorite modern comics, period. Now, they're they're just so much fun. You, you'll just have a blast. You won't want to put it down. It's, it's just a great, great experience getting to read through these exciting to say is the fact that this won't be our only crossover because the next episode you hear so next week we are dropping a gore the god butcher episode. Sean is going to return, we're going to cover this incredibly yeah, metal cool. character <laughs> together and oh, yeah. uh, very excited for that. So, that's that's our tease that can get you kind of through the week. We got <laughs> one more thing coming up and uh, it's just leading up to the film so gore the god butcher is going to drop that episode is going to drop two days before thor love and thunder drops in theaters so there's a there's some excitement there sean before we go can you let our listeners know where they can find you on social media and and listen to your podcast
1: Yes, again, you can find Melcore Nerds. Just search at Metal Corner Nerds We're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find us there. We have an awesome Facebook group. You can just search the Medical Facebook group. You can join there and have a conversation with a ton of other nerds that probably like the same stuff you do. It's it's a really fun time there. Or and you can just go to MelCorners.com, find all of our links there. And again, every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Adobe Howl, you can listen to the show live. And then after that, anywhere you can find podcasts, search Metalcore nerds. You'll find
0: it. Yes. And everyone, please go do that. Sean show is amazing. You get very cool recommendations, good insights into everything nerd related and music industry, too. It's super fun. So please go listen and download.
1: Thank you, my friend.
0: Of course. Of course. Well, it's time to close the book on Jane Foster's The Mighty Thor. So until next time, this is Lance. And this is Sean. Reminding you to keep your friends close, but your comic books closer.